It's two redheads, one who came from Homestead with your season finale episode of Redhead Racing Radio, talking about racing. This is the finale, right? We will have a blooper episode, but this is the finale, right? I'm very excited about a blooper episode. You've been saving stuff all year, I, and a lot of these I haven't heard in a while, so that'd be fun to listen to. Um, beer might be a common theme, but it'll be entertaining. Jeez. Yeah, Jason keeps trying to bait me into saying that, well, I'm not going to say it because you're going to edit it. <laughs> um, Jason keeps trying to bait me into stuff about beer. So that's all I'm going to say about that. How was Homestead? It was great. Um, shout out to some of the people that I met along the way. I probably ran into a couple of fans who said that they listened to this podcast. So it's nice to know we actually have... It's nice to know we actually have listeners out there. Oh, and just so you know, every single nope. person I've talked to, and actually, I've, it's been over the past three weeks, at least once a weekend, someone said, hey, I listen to your podcast. It's really great. I have told them that you are incorrect, which you are. You can't so tell I'm, people. I have swayed the people in person. I've swayed them in person about why I'm right and why you're wrong. But hopefully we won't argue that much about this episode. Let's talk about the championship. Cha- you really want to talk about the championship? Why, man, it is very significant. Kyle Busch wins yeah. his second career championship. This is a guy who, in my opinion, I I don't think, and this is just how the format works, I think Denny Hamlin should have won the championship. Obviously, he didn't step up to his game in Miami. But this is a guy where I'm okay with Kyle Busch winning, yeah. even though he didn't have that great of a postseason, because he's a guy who should have two championships or more at this point. Did Kyle Busch knock your socks off in Homestead, Miami? Yeah, but you didn't say anything about Homestead. You did not say anything about Homestead. You said he was going to knock our socks off in the round of eight. I told you he would come alive when he needed to perform most. When was the race he needed to perform most in to get the best result and get the championship? Homestead, what did he do? He won the race. Who was right? Jason. Okay, Case who'd closed. you pick as your champion before the grid, before the playoffs started? Because Denny Hamlin, I thought, like you said, he was the best one all season and deserved it. But I and picked, then I said... I picked the three JGR cars that were in it and Kyle Busch to win the championship, so we're both right. But I'm telling Ooh. you, you didn't think Ooh. at the point of the season, at the, at the point of the playoffs when Kyle Busch wasn't doing as well and we go into the round of eight, you're like, he's just not good enough. He's not going to get it done. And I was like, yeah, he will. Watch. Guess what? He did it, and you watched. I think you were arguing more about the round of eight, though. Anyways, Kyle Busch, out of those, out of the guys, the playoff points he was relying on for the. For, oh, we should talk about playoff points. How much they suck more, but the first couple rounds he didn't need to perform. Round of eight didn't really need to perform. Coasted to Miami, got to Miami, had performed. Then he performed. That's what I was arguing. We will play back the tapes. Out of the three drivers that could have gone back to back, I think Kyle Busch was the most deserving of Why? that. Uh, just, and there was debate afterwards. They threw out a couple of drivers' names. I don't remember who it was. It was on Twitter. Who's the driver of the decade? And you're talking 2010 yeah. until now. Kyle Busch is probably, I mean, you look at him and Jimmy Johnson. Really, those are no, the two guys Jimmy, that you can compare. Just Kyle Busch is was better. Not Jimmy's. Jimmy's yeah, I know. Was last decade, Jimmy, for sure. So, like, man, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Busch is the driver of this decade. Yeah. Yeah, of course he's the one who should have two championships over Truex and Harvick. No doubt. I'm actually okay, surprised. From that point, I, yes. From, if I were to see Kyle Busch, I guess, at the start of the decade and look at him now, I'd probably think he'd have more than 
two championships, but that's where he is now. And I, I don't think he stops here. He gets another one before this whole thing's over. Kyle Busch is 34. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let's talk about that too. Can I talk? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk on my own podcast. Kyle Busch is 34. Kevin Harvick, 30, what, um, 40 something tricks, 39, I think Hamlin 39, you know, they're going to retire in like five years. Oh, you're you right. Know who's the best among them that's still going to be left? Kyle Busch. You know whose competition's going to be? Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, but like the young guys All who these will young guns, start man. coming alive, but Kyle Busch is going to be in a Jimmy Johnson position where he's going to be capable of just ringing off championships because he's the best and most talented there is out among the um, field. Of course, Logano and Keselowski will probably claim a couple championships. Chase Elliott will probably, like, will probably have some guys win some. But Kyle Busch is going to be the best in the series for probably a decade based on the when these guys that are top right now retire. That's a great point. Um, Thank all right, you. so I found this on Twitter. NASCAR and NBC tweeted a comparison between Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson. I'll just compare these stats. Jimmy Johnson's 44, Kyle Busch 10 years younger, 34. Jimmy's raced 651 races to Kyle Busch's 534. Jimmy has 83 wins. Kyle has 56. Top fives. Every Okay, so Jimmy has more in each category. But So top fives, Jimmy Jimmy's has 227. Kyle Busch has 200. Top 10s, 264, Kyle Busch, 296. Um, and then titles, Jimmy is 7, Kyle is 2. But Kyle is 10 years younger. He's yeah. going to probably surpass Jimmy Johnson in every stat but championships. I agree with that. That'll be close. Um, we jumped right to talk about Kyle Busch, but can we talk about the race that led to him winning the championship? Which race? The cup race that he won the championship in. Oh, yeah, okay. So I fell asleep because nothing happened except a couple pit mistakes. That was the worst Homestead Miami race I've ever seen. The worst championship race I've ever seen. It lacked drama. There was no, it was such an easy strategy race. Like the fastest guys were dominating. They were leading by 10 plus seconds. That was such an anticlimactic race based on what I was expecting with those four guys being so close and so dominant all year long. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great race at Miami, but honestly, can't really comment because I was there, I was captivated, I was interested. This, um, the, drum, the drama of the race, you know how the previous championship races played out? When there's a late pit stop that really decides things, or Carl Edwards gets turned by Joe Legato on the front stretch, or there's comers and goers, battles for the lead, like when Truex won, he and Kyle Busch were so close for so many laps at the end of the race. This race had none of that. You can't disagree with the drama it lacked compared to previous playoff races. Yeah, that's fair. Championship races. And Homestead Miami. I still Miami think it's captivating that. because the championship's on the line and everything, I think, is significant. But without the championship, that would have been one of the worst races of the season. And interesting enough, Jeff Gluck's poll, I, every Homestead race was in 80-plus percent a good race in the last you know four years. This year, 30%. Like, for a championship race, it did not live up to the hype at all. And I was very disappointed in that. And I don't really what? have much to say on that. Errol Package is another. You can't use the "I was at the track" argument. Of course, the it probably is more interesting to watch when you're not um, when you can just see him ride all the lanes, yeah, and all that. So but, how could I comment when worse. I didn't watch it on TV? But I'm saying it was worse than most. Like I bet there was more of that riding through different lanes, 
taking different lanes in the corners, transition from day to night. I bet it was better last year when we were watching it together in the grandstands than it was this year. Okay. I'm telling you, the you're, aero you're, package killed... You're probably killed, right. Yeah, it wasn't the, as good of a race. The aero but, package killed Homestead again. And then Kyle Busch gets out of his car and shows no emotion. I'm like... And then he played the card in the media center, and I don't know, maybe it's true, that he was just so overwhelmed he couldn't show emotion. But that's probably one of the highest moments of his life. He should be freaking out, going crazy. When Jimmy crosses the line for his seventh championship, of course, seventh championship is different. But it's like, oh my God, he can't even like, contain himself. Kyle Busch Denny, Denny Hamlin Kyle. showed more no emotion winning Phoenix last weekend yes. than Kyle Busch did this yes. week in winning the championship. I think he's just... And he said something <laughs> controversial. I love it. Um, I think, and I don't know, I, I obviously can't speak for Kyle, but he's probably just so used to winning. Which I mean, is he a got problem. Out of, you shouldn't, like, every win, like Ross Chastain, every win's the most incredible thing in the world. Yeah. Kyle I mean, Busch wins so everyone much takes, that Everyone takes winning differently. I mean, but and, and, winning and should I was have talking about emotion, this. I was talking about this as we were waiting to interview Kyle at the track. He most definitely is the kind of guy who hates losing more than he win, likes winning. And Which is good. listen... You think that's good? I would be the complete opposite. I like winning way more than I would hate losing. But it's good that he hates losing so much. He shows his emotion, and then he should show more emotion with winning. But he needs to, you know, he needs to show more emotion with winning. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I would show more emotion in that situation. But uh, and and here's the thing: we can't. And this is the whole Chase Elliott argument. We can't ask kyle to change his personality we we can't ask him to show more emotion it should be natural though to celebrate your championship no i like know when he I gets agree. out of the car he's just like <laughs> i agree it was a surprise to me it was but that's how we felt i just like i literally we were watching the race and it, uh, the race sucked in general we just weren't excited you know what race was better than the cup championship race the xfinity race you got it and you know why i agree Tell me. Because they have a good aero package. Shocker. At a good racetrack. Shocker. Hey, NASCAR, change the stupid aero package. Please. 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 But the Xfinity race was awesome. You saw how close they were running for so many laps. First of all, I was super disappointed Justin Allgaier didn't perform better. Yeah, he wasn't in it the whole night. Uh, I was so sad. He deserves championships so bad. He is such a good guy. He deserves success. And I just wish he had a better showing. But seeing those three guys... They battle so close together for the whole laps. I kind of wish. How about if we? Not that we're going to championship race at Homestead next year, but if we had the same air package and Cup next year, I'd rather put Cup race on Saturday, put the Xfinity race on Sunday. We'll see a better show on Sunday with the Xfinity series because that was so epic to watch. It was good. I think, and I tweeted this out. It was probably the best championship race I've ever seen out of this whole format. I agree, but shouldn't the Cup series ultimately be producing the best races? Yeah, and, and you don't think that they should be a wake-up call to NASCAR? They tried and failed with this aero package, and I bet you they're going to do something about it. They've already, Jason, discussed, and Steve Phelps the said this. Track. I'm saying they ruined Homestead with an aero package that was supposed to improve yeah, okay. on half track. But, but the whole point is NASCAR listens, and they, they see that the short tracks suck this year. So and and it was asked in the press conference. You want to go back and listen to it? You I sure as heck know. can. You I get can't. It. And Short if you're going to discredit whatever. Steve Phelps, you can do that. Um, but Steve Phelps 
someone asked because it was rumored right before the state of the sport press conference. Are we going to do something about changing the short track package for next season? And he said that they're working on it. And if it came down to it, there's a lever that needs to be pulled and they would pull it. I admitted that before he even started trying to put words in my mouth that I didn't believe Steve Phelps. I understood that. I saw that. I'm saying the mile and a half package that was supposed to be so great all season long. And it truthfully was some better mile and a half races, but it also ruined some like Homestead Miami. And my whole thing is NASCAR knew how much pushback drivers and crew members and industry people put against this package when NASCAR is like, we're going full bold and like full blown with it. This is the package of the future where this is how the racing should be. And then it, totally backfired and racing sucked and nascar knew that there was hesitation from drivers and stuff but they went with it anyway that should have been a red flag and they didn't heed to it and now we had the season of some better some better races some worse races but it just ultimately didn't produce what nascar wanted it to so i'm so excited for 2021 when we get a good car that hopefully please hopefully produces better racing that's all we need right now is good racing and that's all so many word The big word of the Steve Phelps press conference was, and when he was talking about the future, was collaboration. And whether that's with the new OEM or working on this package or the next-gen car, he said that, and he used it a lot. And that's that's kind of why I remember it now. But um, he said that they are working to be more collaborative than they have been in the past. And hopefully they will work together to find a solution. Okay, good. They better start doing some good stuff. Mm-hmm. No, but you're right. The Xfinity race was very entertaining. It was probably the most fitting to see the big three, the, the guys that have been dominating the season all season long, be nose to tail with 30-some less laps to go. Um, that was really entertaining. Tyler Reddick, this, this time around, I think a little bit more fitting of a champion than he was last year just because of how much he dominated the regular season. Um, it was cool, and it was funny Um Richard Childress on the championship stage. I don't know how much TV covered this, but man, he was having the time of his life. What was he? You doing? know, you have to think about this too. He hasn't celebrated a championship in a fair while. I think Austin Dillon was his yeah. last one. So what was he doing on the stage? He had his Childress wine, and he was um, using that a lot. And uh, in my interview with him, he said, for all your winning moments, he held up the bottle. I'm like, all right, Richard, that's awesome. So he... So for your next winning moment, where are you going to drink? Children's Wine. That's an ad. They paid me to say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was fun watching Richard Childress and Big Dre Lane. The 2019 season's over. Agree or disagree? Agree. Oh, wow. We agreed on something crazy. Are you going to use that? audio clip to sub in something else where i say disagree but then you really like edit it so i say agree i have so much time on my hands i'm about to graduate (laughs) college and i have so many freaking projects to do in the next month and find an apartment and get a job so you think okay so you won't do that let's talk about some of our favorite moments from the season yes jason you go first i want to hear some of your favorite positive moments from this year well while the package was trash all year long i there were some entertaining moments of the season. Um, this is literally us thinking from the top of our head what comes to mind as the best moments of the season. One of my favorite moments was the all-star race in Bubba Wallace. That was so Ooh, That's epic. a good one. The Open had these insane side-by-side banging off each other finishes. 
and it was epic. And seeing Bubba Wallace advance to the All-Star Race and then perform really well in the All-Star Race and seeing the emotion of that. Bubba Wallace showed more emotion advancing to the All-Star Race through a stage than Kyle Busch did for winning the championship, just for the record. But that was so epic to watch. I remember being in the media center watching that and just getting so hyped about it. That was epic. That racing was so good for that All-Star Race in that seeing Bubba kind of defeat some of the better teams but go up there and show that he's capable of performing well and getting into the all-star race that was epic yeah uh the first one when you just talk about like great moments i'd say the whole day at chicagoland was among one of my favorites at the track and i thought that was an entertaining finish especially cool to see alex bowman get his first career win because um, it was it was kind of a battle between mm-hmm. him and Larson. Larson hasn't won in a while. Bowman's going for his first career win. It's under the lights when it wasn't supposed to be under the lights. Conditions were different than what was expected. Cooler conditions produces better racing on this package. Who would have thought? And Bowman comes out on top. It was cool to see his first winning moment in person. So I, I'd say that's up there for one of my favorite moments. What of the about year. those biscuits we had during the rain delay? Yes. Okay. Did we talk about that whole thing? I think so. We probably did. Yeah. See, um, that I, was that was a great day. Man, that was good. Um, uh, that I was going to say that was a great day. Other than the fact that I was trying to figure out how I was going to fly home because my flight kept getting changed and everything. Like that oh, was just yeah. stressful the whole time. So I it was that. good, but it was also stressed. AF. Yeah, but the rain came. It was like so miserably. That was probably was like the worst hurricane. heat. That was probably the worst heat I'd experienced during the day. Huh. Like you were just baking yeah. the sun. Rain comes, cools it off. We go to Cracker Barrel, eat some biscuits, go back for the start of the for the restart of the race. Conditions were great, and Alex Bowman gets his first career win. That was a good day. Another moment. I think the Fall Talladega race was the best race of the year. That had so much the current super speedway package produced such good racing this year so close and intense and guys get runs on each other and you know these wrecks that change everything and they're so unpredictable and so crazy to watch like blaney wins at a photo finish yeah see that was probably my favorite race of the year it was the last good race we saw in 2019 but that was another epic moment um i liked i was gonna mention the other talladega race too because i thought that was entertaining as well i don't remember Um, like i'm thinking of moments i remember off the top of my head i truthfully don't remember a single thing from that race chase elliott won yeah that was good i remember i like when chase wins but it was just i i think during the race there was just there weren't many memorable moments but it was just overall a really good race it was the first one where they uh got rid of the restrictor plate we didn't really know what to expect and i think they they won on that and of course chase elliott goes and wins and that was so cool because i was standing in victory lane when he did his parade lap and that was very loud crowd like it's it's nuts when chase elliott wins a race like people go crazy it was a cool moment chase elliott's success is good for the sport agree or disagree yeah okay just making sure usually anything i say these days andrew disagrees with so i just want to make sure we're close on the basic stuff never mind um fights were good we saw a lot of fights this year. Well, finally, someone's showing some emotion. I like okay, that. Okay, so wait, how many... So we had Suarez versus McDowell. That, yeah, that was a little scuffle. Okay, that was probably the most punches thrown out of the whole year. Uh, Come on. Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman, the All-Star Race. Clint <gasps> I forgot like about that. punches. You can't... Oh, my God. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Wow. Okay, second most punches. So wait, we had two plus the one at Martinsville... 
Um, there was Cole Custer and Tyler yeah, Reddick at Kansas. So that's four. There were a lot. No, that was good. I want more fights and more emotion. You know how NASCAR wins if their aero package is trash on the track? You know how they win? With emotion and incidents like that. I remember back in 2014, the year we had all those fights in the playoffs, which I think we should have more fights in the playoffs, especially because there's so much motion involved. But those were on Good Morning America, the Today Show. Like, it made mainstream news, all that stuff. And that's, of course, you don't want a fight, like, only people to care about NASCAR because of the fights. But that should be, like, more prevalent because it's emotion, and that's really true to the core of the sport. We need more emotion be like you should care so much that because this one guy maybe roughed you up coming to the finish you should go over and be like hey what's up buddy and then hit him in the face yo okay so you texted me this and um this is something you said we talked about on the podcast but shorter seasons and i think good transition into the future that is something that should happen and you look at and and the main reason and this can go straight into fights is if there's less races there's less chances to get it done that means there's going to be more more intensity each week and you look at the nascar season like it's such a grind like we're already at like 90 something days until daytona like that's nothing it's the shortest off season and and people do need a break especially in the industry and you could see mm-hmm. how drivers get so burnt yeah. out cuz they race 38 weekends a year that's crazy busy so if you shorten the schedule you each weekend becomes more important that means there's going to be more intensity cuz there's less time to get it done and overall I think it's a good thing if you shorten the season. I think we're going to slowly start seeing that as years come. You need to leave people wanting more. Yes. After this season, I'm kind of full. I'm full of NASCAR for a little bit. I yeah. can use a break. But yeah. if the season ends two months earlier, and then you had so much emotion packed into those two months, then you're going to be craving an all-off season long. Yeah. Kind of like 100% agree. our podcast. This is so weird. What's wrong with you? Ah, no, there were some things. That, <laughs> all right. If the aero package is trash, then no one will want anything because the racing will suck. We need good racing, shorter season. You know how great that's going to be? There you are. I, I was wondering where you went. I was hiding. I'm sorry. It's yeah. like this podcast. We're not going to do any shows over the off season except for blooper reel, but people are going to be craving this by the time Daytona comes because we have such good content. Even though we do, we did do like 30 episodes this year. That's pretty impressive for us. Who's going to set you straight? No, we're going to FaceTime every <laughs> Tuesday night still and discuss things for an hour. Okay. Um, if they're good, yeah. we'll reenact them for a podcast. Yeah. I mean, all right, let's talk about us real quick. It seemed like you had a... It, it seems that, at least at Dirty Mo, um, the content was a lot more than what we saw last year. Was it a, a, an improvement at, at Door Bumper Clear this year? The most successful year, and I've this is my third year working for Dirty Mo Media, most successful year yet. We saw a huge return on investment of Door Bumper Clear. That's good. From when I started watching NASCAR in 2005, the content, like the shows that were on TV, like Trackside Live and Race Day at the racetrack, like although they had such epic content back in those days. And I don't know why, but, you know, 15 years, almost 15 years later, the content level is not specific, like there on TV like it used to be. But, you know, what's come to answer those that lack of TV content and that really engaging content that used to be produced? podcasts exactly and that's what yeah. dirty mo media does future. really well and 
I started working on Door Bumper Clear the halfway through 2017, but it's been such an awesome experience to be on that show, to be kind of the content producer and come up with ideas. Of course, I'm not the one um, saying all the controversial things and the exciting things that Brett and TJ do, but to be able to shape um, some of the content, some of the great content that's coming out of sport right now, and that's making people say, hey, I have not really followed NASCAR for the last five years, but listening to this podcast got me back into it. Like making a difference in that way and having people listen and enjoy and be more into the sport because of what we're doing on the podcast. And it's not only DBC, it's Dale Jr. Download too. How many epic stories and guests they've had. Like you can't even remember everything that's been discussed on that show because there's so much good stuff. Like being yeah. a part of that, that's the future. It's what's going huge in nascar right now it's going to get even bigger so being part of what's bringing people back into the sport and getting them hyped and interested and more engaged i really really enjoy being part of that it's cool yeah for sure to be able to kind of spark debate and it goes industry-wide how about that yes sometimes on purpose sometimes accidentally but for sure that's cool yeah um, we were talking about, we were arguing about a lot of things over the weekend, but one of the things was what can you, like we were one of the bases of the arguments, what can we do to make NASCAR better? And you were like, what, Jason, how about you go fix something? I'm like, all right, I'm producing content that's making people interested and engage in the sport. Is that, can I do that as my part to help the sport improve and get sure. better? And I think my point is talk less, do more is basically what I'm saying. I'm doing so. Stuff. Like, don't complain about it. Just do it, and but you can't that's it. ignore. Uh, here's here's the way I see the sport: is everyone, you and me, and and everyone who works in NASCAR in the garage, the fans, they all want to see the sport thrive. And I think what kills me the most, and the biggest reason why I want to delete Twitter and Reddit um, the most, especially over this off season, is that there's such negativity out there. It's like, we all want to see the sport thrive. Let's all get on the same page and all work together on trying to make the sport thrive. Yes, we can be critical, but to constantly complain about things about the sport is not in its best interest for the health and we're not getting anywhere when people complain on social media that's the biggest pet peeve that i've had over this season that's why i'm deleting twitter and reddit and instagram and all forms of social medias because i'm tired of people being so negative all the time on social media we need to work together to make the sport better and i think it starts with being optimistic about where this sport's headed it was a good year um i think we're in a state of transition in the sport. These couple of years are the building blocks for what the future is going to hold. When we made all these changes with the rules package, this was the first of many steps to try and change the sport, improve it. I think a step. big reason. But everyone's learning, Jason. Okay, but you and, and here's the thing: people are talking about we should have never changed the rules package. Blah blah blah. We should change and, to something different. That's what they're not arguing. We shouldn't yes, change it all. They we have to keep evolving. In a different direction. Went in the wrong direction, but I'm a firm believer, and I know I've said this a billion times. It's getting annoying, but NASCAR is smart. They listen, and they will ultimately try and make the best decision for the fan base, for the drivers, for everybody to put the sport in the best direction. This is a leapfrog year. Next year is going to be no different. We are 
all eyes forward on 2021 to try and slowly get back to the best racing we've ever been because let's be honest the sport wasn't like it was back in its glory days when Gordon was dominating the stands were full and we didn't have to get rid of grandstands TV ratings were up but it's it's a different age right now we have to understand that those old times simply do not work in 2019 and we have to take steps to get it back and it's not going to happen overnight and I think that's the biggest thing that people are complaining about is they expect instant results and jason i think you're one of those people who expects results more i don't, I don't expect instant results i expect steps to be taken in the right direction and, when, and we're, we're making steps and they might not be in the areas, right direction not every area in some i know areas. but it's not going to happen overnight that's the thing it's going to take a couple of years not, to turn this around i never said that overnight it's not going to be easy but wouldn't you like it? That's my rant about positivity. And, and listen, people, just like, let's be optimistic about the sport, please. Okay? If you're going to go on Twitter and, and constantly fish to be negative and, and really pull a Nick Bromberg tweet out, like, there's no need for that. That's, that's the way I see it. My only argument is, and yes, it'd be great to be positive all the time, but you can't pretend like everything's great when there's still things to improve. Yes, but there are two approaches. You can either be glass half full or glass half empty. But you can't, if there's a problem, you can't just blemish it over and be like, oh, it's fine. They'll fix it. You just have to be, you can't remove your critical lens when things need to be improved. And when they used to do things, when the sport thrived, that they no longer do, that could still be relevant to today's climate. And that could help and could make improvements. Don't you want NASCAR to look like it did in the heyday? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think so. You can't. Tra- the everyone's past. trying to get there, but I think being negative like- and complaining about things on social media, like a lot of people do, is just not the step that we need to take. But you can't just pretend like everything's awesome. Yes, but you you also can't pretend like everything's the worst. I don't. I point out areas of improvement. I'm not. I'm not saying. But there. I'm not saying you. But there are a lot of people that are like that. One thing, I, I have an idea. We'll finish it out this way. One wish we have for 2020, for the 2020 season. All right. So I've, I've, we've gotten reviews that I'm all like, hey, everything's great. Um, but the short track racing, as we've discussed, has not been the best. And Steve Phelps said it. I'm going to put it on him. And I'm going to hope that he does something about it. Um, there have been rumors and he said there was a lever to be pulled that could possibly improve the short track racing for the 2020 season. It was something that wasn't originally on the table, but now it's starting to be discussed. My one wish you change the package, which was unneeded for the short tracks and change it to what we had in 2018 to improve the racing at the tracks one mile and under. That's going to be my one thing. My wish is that we just have good exciting things happen on the racetrack that gives us plenty of storylines to cover plenty of action plenty of drama to cover part of the i know you hate comparing nascar to when it was great but part of the reason it was great is because we had so many good personalities and you know moments to talk about talking oh here's here it is talking about things that happen on the track and things drivers say and all that stuff versus talking about the aero package yes talking about tire or 
tires, talking about all the technical stuff that A, I don't understand and B, don't like to talk about. I want to talk about the action on the track. And my wish is NASCAR will do take steps to make that prevalent, more prevalent than the aero package. Truthfully, I don't think NASCAR should publicly say anything about the aero package. I agree. Go change I it. I agree. Don't tell us. Don't, yep. don't make, and that's, I think, problem with NASCAR. Don't make that a storyline. Like inspection, by tweeting every single race after the race at this car pass inspection, you're making it a storyline. If they fail, tell us. But if they pass, don't say anything. You already tweeted who won the race. Do not tweet, oh, he passed inspection, now it's official. You're making, and I think the media has something to do with this too, where that's the what they could be focusing on what they could be asking drivers. We need to be focusing on the pos- like positive things happen on the track, drama that's happened on the track, incidents like when Bubba Wallace turned Kyle Busch. You know how great that was? That was one of my favorite moments right. of the season because it was so entertaining and engaging. So how about 2020, we're focusing on drama and storylines and everything. Every like You think the NFL is constantly talking about the width of the field goal or the oh, we should move this or we should make the field 110 yards. They're not talking about all that technical stuff. They're talking about the moments that happen on the field. We need to only be talking about the moments that happen on the racetrack. I agree. Oh, we're going to end the season agreeing on something like that? Let's do it on a good note, shall we? I appreciate that. So before we head out, not that we're heading out anywhere before we finish the show, uh, we we made this an experiment this year that we were going to do a show every week. And I think it was really fun to go back and forth every week to stories from the track, tell stories of what we're doing. I think that was a really fun concept and I think we'll carry it into 2020 and make it even I agree. better. Let's do it. Um, yeah. And leave us some suggestions, what you'd yeah. like to see. Uh, we have obviously a lot of freedom to do whatever we want. Yeah. So if there's something that you wish we talked about more or I don't even know, Tell us yeah. what you want to see in the 2020 season. We had our wishes. You tell us what you want to. Yeah. Um, it's great to be able to just talk about racing with your best friend every week. And that's what the show is. So let's make it even better next year and keep doing things that make it fun and exciting to podcast. Absolutely. This was this 2019 personally for me um, real quick was a, a very successful time. Just kidding. Yeah. It was a successful year, um, but what I think is so cool about this whole journey is the the people that you meet along the way, and people, if, if you hear about it all the time, it's like the NASCAR community, oh, it's so close, but it, it, it truly is. Like, there are people where, at the end of the season at Homestead, you don't give them a handshake, you, you give them a hug, or, you know, you do one of those, like, you dap them up, or, like, you do, like, one of those, like, side handshakes, um, just because that's, that's how the... That's how the people are, and I think it is, and Jason, you and I probably sometimes need to take a step back and realize how lucky we are to to be able to cover this sport, so it's pretty cool. So that's all I got to say. For sure, and I always think about this when maybe something not that great or when we have a bad championship race, but the reason we're doing this today and talking and FaceTiming with each other is because we met through NASCAR and have a shared passion for this stuff. And of course, we have a lot of other interests that are similar, but NASCAR was what brought us here and what made us friends. And that's the end of the day. That's all what it's all about. That is sports and music bring people together like nothing else. I'm a firm Amen. believer of that. Amen. All right. Jason, where can we follow you on Twitter? You follow me at Hey Jason Schultz on all social media platforms. I don't hmm. know what I'll be tweeting about in the offseason. I'll be tweeting about graduating college, which is pretty Congrats. big. I haven't happened yet, but yes, it'll be big. And 
and I'll keep you updated of what the future holds. And I think we should just end it now because Andrew said he's going to delete social media for the offseason. So there's no need to follow him. Well, all right. So um, you can follow me at Andrew Curlin TV on Twitter at Andrew Curland. And the catch is I will still be posting stuff throughout the whole season, but they will be tweets sent through my computer. I feel like if I delete it off my phone, I'm looking at my phone a little bit less and um, I just sometimes need a break. But I will still be posting stuff on social media. That is the catch. And I've got a lot these next couple of weeks. So if you're still looking for your NASCAR fix, look to my page because I tweeted three videos today. I'll be tweeting three videos tomorrow. Normally it's one a day, but it's going to start turning to three a day. We're just going to be cranking out content until the end of the season. So yeah, stay over. tuned. You got a lot more from me. You said to the end of the season. Season's over. Sorry. End of the year. That's what I meant. All right. Cool. Well, um, let's sign off for the final time. Thanks so much for this listening season. to... We're coming back next year. We're coming back. We're coming back for the season final finale. Time. Wait, no. We've got the blooper reel. All right. Yes. So let's save our goodbyes for then. Thanks so much for listening to Redhead Racing Radio. We will see you for the blooper reel to end this year. <laughs>